0: Hi there. Welcome to OTs Get Paid, the podcast for OT entrepreneurs where we learn about everything you need to know to move from thinking like a therapist to acting like a CEO and making good money along the way. Are you curious how to continue to be true to your mission of helping others as an OT and get paid what you're worth? Do you want to know the best tips that add zeros to your bank account? Do you wonder how other OTs do it too? I'm your host, Trish Williams, a Canadian, a mom, a not-so-closet-choir nerd, an occupational therapist of over 26 years. I spent most of those years loving my profession, but secretly wishing I could get paid a lot more. Did I feel like I had an important job that had great impact on my clients and society? Check. Check. Did I also wish I could feel validation in that work through getting paid enough to feel financial freedom? Check, check. So finally in my forties, as a single mom who needed to get real with my income, I built two six-figure businesses, including my latest as an OT entrepreneur coach at Trish Williams Consulting. And through this, I heard the secret chain that others felt the same way too. So I'm raising my voice and raising my profile of this issue, and probably raising my prices. I'm here to talk about OTs making money. So let's do like Scrooge McDuck and dive into those giant piles of gold coins and get swimming and start this episode. Welcome, OT entrepreneurs, to the OTs Get Paid podcast, season two, episode 22, Hey, if two is your lucky number, this is like totally your episode. This season, we are focusing on sales and marketing. As I continue to say, we are focused on telling you and showing you and encouraging you that OTs can be the very best at sales and marketing. And today, we have a special guest and we are going to be discussing building a podcast. How and why it is so beneficial for your OT business. Okay, but first, still a little bit of housekeeping. As you know, it is February and it is our listener celebration month because this is the first year anniversary month of the OTs Get Paid podcast. This is the last week that you can join our giveaway. Again, never done a giveaway before. Let's see how it goes. The prizes are going to include a really cool gift and some free coaching. So how do you join the giveaway? I would encourage you to go first and take the OTs Get Paid quiz. The link is in the show notes. It's also trishwilliamsconsulting.ca backslash quiz, where you can learn where you're at in your business growth and learn the next steps to increase your profit, clarity, and impact. And then take a screenshot, tag us on social media using the OTs Get Paid hashtag. And we're going to close that giveaway on February 28th and announce the winner on March 8th. Also, I encourage you to please join us in the OTs Get Paid Facebook group. It has really been hopping over that lately. We are your home for all things OT business, for growth, and for scaling. One of the things I hear again and again and again, and I see from clients and all the OT entrepreneurs I talk to is that they want a home, and we have created it. Plus, coming up, there's some free coaching and some little treats, etc. that are in there this month. Okay, let's dive into today's episode. I am really excited for this topic, because who doesn't love a podcast? Also, many OTs reach out. In fact, I just saw something on the OTs Get Paid Facebook board maybe last week about, please give me your tips for how to start a podcast. And I want to bring the expert into this conversation. So we're going to take the guesswork out of it. We're going to give you some clear steps today, break down how you can start a podcast yourself and why this is such a valuable tool. We also have some laughs because there's a little pop quiz coming up for my guest with some trivia about the OT's Get Paid podcast. Okay, so today we are thrilled to bring on the founder of OT for Life. You may know her from her popular Instagram, man, I had no idea you had so many Instagram followers, and podcast. We are the baby IG and the baby podcast in the room today. This OT entrepreneur focuses on connecting and inspiring OT practitioners and students to ignite passion for OT She has created her own programs for students and practitioners. She lives in the Pacific Northwest with her husband and her really adorable baby girl. I am thrilled to welcome today, Sarah Putt. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Trish. I am so excited to be here. I'm so excited, too. Hey, why don't you tell our listeners before we jump into the meat of everything about the last OTs Get Paid podcast interview that you and I recorded?
1: Well, I think it was a little over a year ago. This was before you had launched your podcast. And we had a recording. And I should mention that I was definitely recording from my pillow fort because I was not in my typical, I want to say, quote unquote, podcast studio, which yeah, is you actually look more. Fancy today. Well, I mean, it looks fancy from here. Okay. I'm amidst storage and boxes and Great. my husband's office that I had to kick him out of to do Beautiful. this. So, yeah. So I was in the middle of my pillow fort at my parents' house, because that's where I happened to be when we recorded it the first time. And we didn't release that episode. Well, <laughs> thank you for saying
0: we, because <laughs> people are like, I don't remember that episode. You're right. I didn't release it. Interestingly, I, want, I think it's a good way to start off talking about this, that if you want to build a podcast, if you're interested and you think, oh my gosh, you know, it's too complicated, I'll never pull it off, etc., you don't have to be perfect because you and I literally had a few in the can and by the time it came to release your episode, too much time had gone by and too many things in your business had changed. Like The things we talked about were no longer relevant. So I am really excited to have you back here today. The first thing I want you to tell people, the kickoff question for all OT Get Paid podcast episodes is, how do you get paid? Meaning, tell us more about what you do.
1: So, you know, I feel like this is a lot of how many OT practitioners are. We have kind of a lot of our OT sleeves of what we do and how we conduct our either clinical role or maybe some non-traditional roles. And so, yeah, I definitely fill right into that. I am the founder and clinical director of a private practice. It specializes in early intervention. This is in Southern California. So in that area, it is working with kids birth to three years of age. I now actually, and this is new since the last time that we recorded, I now have a new employee. So I am two, one full-time employee and one part-time employee, which is huge and really exciting. And it's been about, I wanna say about seven months since I've hired the newest employee. And then I also kind of dabble in some mentoring and consulting services. So I help people start businesses specifically like California, because that's a crazy can of worms all in itself, as well as early intervention. So practitioners that are looking to further their skills within early intervention. And then also podcasting, because I absolutely love occupational therapy, talking about occupational therapy. And clearly one of the best ways to do that is by starting a podcast. And yeah, I'm kind of a podcast nerd and I listen to a lot of podcasts about podcasting. And it's one of my favorite things that I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly reflecting and trying to figure out the best practices in podcasting and really how we can bring that to the OT world.
0: You are a podcast nerd. I remember Guilty. <laughs>
1: way back when, I hired you
0: to help me start the OTs Get Paid podcast, and you were an invaluable resource. And I remember one of the things you shared with me was all of your favorite resources, which we'll get to in a second. And I think I finally unsubscribed to some of them because I am not as much of a nerd as you are, which, and I love me a good nerd. My best friend's mom, when we were growing up, she's like, don't marry the cool guys. Marry the nerds. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I would expend that to say now, like, partner with the nerds and be friend with the nerds. So I love it. And yes, I think it's very meta to love podcasting about podcasting. So you really are the expert here. And I'm thrilled to have you. So when we're talking about company and going forward, I know that there's going to be lots of iterations of what you do. And, and that's just fine. And I also think that's really the normal for a lot of people that are accidental OT entrepreneurs. So what is it about podcasting that made you really fall in love with it?
1: Honestly, I really think it's the intimacy of the platform because Mm -hmm. unlike reading a book or reading a blog post, the newspaper, you know, anything with like text on it, when you read it, you are kind of putting the tone of whatever you're reading into that piece. So there could be kind of some misconstrued emotion in it because you're kind of making that up. And when it comes to a podcast, you are literally between a person's ears. Like you are in their head and you will hear if it is maybe just a monologue by the host, or if it's a guest interview or multiple guests that are being interviewed, you can hear the passion that comes from them. You can hear the emotion. You can hear when they're happy, when they're sad, when they're so passionate about something that they're jumping out of their seat. And you can feel that. At least I can. As a podcast consumer, I can feel that. I mean, and I have been listening to other podcasts and all of a sudden I'm bawling my eyes out or I'm Mm -hmm. laughing hysterically, or I'm chiming into the conversation, even though I'm not a part of it. And it really is that intimacy of podcasting and feeling that connection to the host or hosts, if there are multiple, even if you've never even met them before. And I think that is one thing that is so special about podcasting. And then the other thing is, is that it's so easy to access it, that you can be doing a multitude of other things while also listening to a podcast. Again, if you're reading a book, it's hard to be driving a car and reading a book at the same time. I've seen people do it on the 405 freeway in Los Angeles. I mean, you see crazy things, but really that's not what we should be doing here. But you can have a podcast on and be driving. You can be going for a run, going for a walk, washing dishes, hanging out with your kids, you name it. Like you could be doing so many other things, which I know OT practitioners, (laughs) we always do all the things that we possibly can. And so there's so many little kind of special things about podcasting. And of course, you know me, like I can go on and on and on about this because it is, it's one of my favorite platforms and kind of media that exists today. I've never heard
0: anybody explain it like that before, and I'm nodding profusely. I totally agree. Actually, it reminds me, like, I recommended a podcast to a friend, maybe, because I love podcasts. And this friend said to me, well, how do you find time to listen to podcasts? I was like, what the what? How do you not? (laughs) That's kind of what I felt like saying. Like, how do you not? I'm like, oh, I just listened to one brushing my teeth this morning, Mm -hmm. washing the dishes last night. After dinner. I totally agree. Okay. So I want to focus next on why you think a podcast is such a valuable marketing tool. But before that, and it doesn't need to be OT podcasts, I would love to hear about the podcasts you talk about inspiration in your profile, in your bio, as like one of the main motivators for showing up every day. What are some podcasts that you just love that you feel are really inspirational? Oh,
1: gosh. There's so many. So I know, many. It's this is a tough is like, question. <laughs> Which is your favorite child, Sarah? Exactly. <laughs> Fortunately, I only have one. So that's yeah. easy right now. But gosh, that's such a tough question. But the first one that comes to mind, and this is just going to tie right back into my podcast nerdiness here, but it is the one that I will make sure that I tune into every single week. Even if I'm a couple of days late, I know it always comes out Sunday night, Monday morning. I know the schedule, I know the routine. But that is The School of Podcasting by Dave Jackson one of my favorite podcasts. And I mean, this guy, he just talks all about podcasting, how to do it, why to do it. He talks about the technology. He talks about interviewing. I mean, if you really want to know the ins and outs of podcasting after you listen to this episode, just start listening. He has over like 800 or so episodes at this point. There's a lot of information there, but that is one that I consume to this day, very, very religiously, which I, I mean, I have to admit, over the past couple of years, I haven't had the same amount of time to listen to podcasts that I used to because working in early intervention, I am able to drive from... Well, I should say pre-COVID. We were driving from one client's house to the next client's house. And so over the course of one day, I had at least maybe three hours completely kind of mixed up and 15 minutes here, 30 minutes there, whatever. But I, I would go through eight to 10 podcasts every single day. Wow. Every single work day. Yeah, I mean, I was just I'd get in the car, I'd put on a podcast and I would listen until I got home from work. I'd put it on when I'm working out, all all that kind of stuff. So, I don't get to listen as much anymore because I am full-time mommy duty here plus all my entrepreneurial stuff. But school podcasting is definitely one of them. The Maestro on the Mic is another one. She's a physical therapist. She brings a lot of really, really good insight. And I always love supporting our therapy counterparts. Yeah, me too. Another one that comes to mind when you were really talking about inspiration is one that is called Once Upon a Gene. It is hosted by Effie Parks. She's a friend of mine. She's actually a Seattleite as well. And she is a rare disease mama. So she has a son that has a rare disease. And that is what her podcast is all about. And I will put on her podcast, and I am just in awe, of the work that she does day in and day out, the people that she brings on, the work that is being done in the rare disease community. I'm starting to get teary just talking about it. It's absolutely amazing. So those are the three that come to mind. I love it. That's so great. I'm glad I didn't
0: ask that question. I probably would have like given up the ghost of how often I listen to podcasts about
1: reality television. (laughs) So you're better at answering this question than me right now, <laughs> office ladies. Is that on your? Is that on your list? No, I don't know that one. <laughs>
0: truly, truly, truly. If I'm going to honestly answer my own question, should I actually? I'll tell the truth. It's actually a podcast called Reality Gaze, which I do not recommend you listen to with any sensitive young person <laughs> around. It is pretty blue, and they make me howl. Like, I actually want to write them a fan letter. Like, you talked about intimacy. I actually had somebody talk to me once to branch out on intimacy and the podcast experience. Somebody told me they had part of my intro for the podcast as their ringtone. They had made, like, the act like Scrooge McDuck and jump into a pile of gold coins. She's (laughs) like, I love that so much. I've made it my ringtone. I was like, whoa. Words to live by. Right? It's so (laughs) true. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, thank you. So tell me why you think having a podcast for marketing, like I've just given up the gears of like the one that brings me just joy. I've actually also been listening to a lot of figure skating podcasts about the Olympics. I'm kind of a figure skating nut and barely figure skate. So that's another one. I mean, I have a bunch that I use for work and some that are just pure joy where they're not Selling mm-hmm. anything. Let's you know focus again on like the OT entrepreneurship part of this, the sales and marketing of season two. What do you feel is the benefit for OT entrepreneurs to use podcasts for their own marketing?
1: First and foremost, I really do think that it comes back to voice and mm-hmm. using your voice to advocate, to empower, to educate whatever it is, the mission that is behind your podcast to get the word out about your business, about your services, about what you do, about what your company does, anything like that. And the power of voice. I mean, like think back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Like we've always been storytellers Hmm. and that is how we convey information from generation to generation. That's how we're teaching. That's how we're informing. That's how we're enlightening. And podcasting is pretty much just using your voice. Now, yes, there are podcasts that also have video components and they might stream them live and all sorts of kind of stuff. But when it really boils down to the epitome of what a podcast consists of, it is the power of your voice. Mm -hmm. And I think as an OT entrepreneur, first I'm going to say, and I totally fall into this boat as well, a lot of us don't necessarily believe in the power of our voice, Mm. or they completely underestimate the power of their own voice. And Mm. I know in the beginning when I was first starting my podcast, one of the main reasons that I started was because I was super shy. And I've been super shy throughout my entire life. It's always been something, whenever I had a course in college or high school that I had to do some sort of public speaking, I'd be like running out the door and down the street. I mean, I've gone like, nope, like I'm shaking and I no, like don't even bring that near me. And throughout kind of my adult life, I'm like, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of being afraid of this. And so when I had the idea to start the podcast, I was like, well, I mean, here's one way to really kind of just go for it and go, big <laughs> or go home. Yes. Just well in this in case in. you can go big and still be home. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. Go didn't have big to go and anywhere. Stay home. <laughs> Hashtag your there go.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's so interesting to me because I was actually just doing a presentation for a soda group the other day. And I was talking about kind of this the power of your voice and also understanding and recognizing the power of your voice and i was one of those people that never really saw it mm-hmm. and never really understood it until i had people tell me because of your podcast it had this impact on my life and i was like mm-hmm. wait i'm sorry wait what like i'm i'm just this girl in seattle mm-hmm. sitting in Amidst storage boxes, studio apps. Yeah. I'm in studio Pillow C, closet. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pillow forts, <laughs> talking. <P>. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, I talking can go on. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> talking into a microphone like by myself, right? And like how that actually came to be is just, I don't. Hey, Trish.
0: Yes, Ashley. As an OT entrepreneur who's just starting to make money, I bet you've thought, oh my gosh. I just got my first few clients. What the heck do I do now? Don't worry. At Therabyte, we have you covered. We heard you and we created intake and consent templates just for you. So you've downloaded the template and now you can say, amazing. I know exactly how to get my client started. Oh, I wish I'd had this in the beginning. I pulled everything together and needed something this efficient. Okay. So where can listeners find these templates, Ashley? Super easy. The link will be in the show notes. You just hop over to our website, find templates, and you've got your download.
1: Sounds great. I don't even know. like That part of podcasting makes me absolutely speechless. And so I really do think it's A, the power of your voice and really utilizing that to get the message out about your business, about your entrepreneurial roles, whatever it is that you're doing. And I think the other thing that kind of ties into the voice is that it can establish yourself as an expert. So specifically, if you are doing a monologue episode where it is just you and you're talking about something that you do, something that you are passionate about, something that you know better than the back of your own hand, and you can literally just rattle off in your sleep, people will listen to that and be like, damn, that person knows what they are talking about. And that is I've never heard that before. I've never considered it that way. And it's a great way to really establish your expertise in the area that you are an expert in. And then, you know, the other kind of portion of this is when you bring on guests, it is a great way to kind of grow your community and grow your network and showcase other people's skills, their knowledge, and get to know their audience. Their audience gets to know your audience. And it's this information sharing that kind of goes across the board. So there's a lot that just gets wrapped up into podcasting. And again, it's amazing. (laughs) You know, has anybody ever quoted you to you from your podcast? Yeah, actually, that happened when the soda presentation that I was doing. The guy that was interviewing me actually quoted a couple things from my podcast. And I was like, whoa, Whoa, hold on. This is really bizarre.
0: (laughs) I mean, it it is bizarre. And I bring that up because, again, I come from, I want to take the passion for this and also make it very practical for people. And that experience of having people quote you to you, and I've had that experience too, it's astonishing. like, And in terms of getting in front of people with your knowledge and your expertise and your point of view and your social justice mission and the movement why you started. Because let's face it, none of us are out here being OT entrepreneurs because we're doing it all from a passionate place. I say we don't sell widgets. We literally sell transformation. And people will look at me across a Zoom screen and say, oh, well, when I listen to this part of episode blah, 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 and then this part. And so my question is, and I'm like, this is really high-level stuff now you're bringing to me. I'm glad you've had that experience because it's pretty amazing and I want others to know that they can have that experience as well. I think also you've really tapped into the heart of particularly the OT community in that we are a very selfless group. In fact, you know, I work at talking to people to be a bit more strategic about sales, not sleazy, not slimy, Mm -hmm. but also like, don't be afraid to learn the strategies of sales and marketing. It doesn't mean you're sleazy at all, and which taps into abundance mindset, et cetera. But there's nothing that makes me happier than sitting here today, allowing people to know more about this part of what you do. Yeah. And and I just think that resonates with OTs across the board.
1: Yeah, and just to kind of piggyback on that a little bit more is like, again, kind of going back to that underestimating or not believing in the power of your own voice and and point of view. I love that you said that because podcasting, if you don't have a point of view and if you are afraid to share your point of view, don't get into podcasting. Like you really kind of have to stand, you have to stand on your soapbox and you're probably going to upset some people, but that's okay. That's part of it. And that's something that I've learned, but it's really not knowing what you say and how it's going to be applied and how it's going to be picked up by somebody. You might say something and be like, that was brilliant. I am so glad I said that. And that is just going to wash over people and no one's going to say anything. And then you might say one small thing and it could actually change the life of somebody. It could change their clinical practice. It could change their trajectory in their job. And you're like, wait, what? Like, I don't even remember saying that. And so it really is... Not being afraid to put yourself out there, use your voice, stand up for what you believe in, use your point of view, and you never know who needs to hear what it is that you have to say. Do you have an example of that? <sighs> so the time where you put something out there and you were like, yes,
0: this is going to change everybody's lives and it didn't land. And then something that caught a groundswell.
1: So a couple of stories that come to mind the people didn't actually share what it was that I said, but the big thing that happened, and this happened early on, and this was not anything that I had ever fathomed or even expected to happen when I was starting my podcast, is that I actually had people email me, DM me, and they were like, hey, I was really burnt out. I was considering leaving the profession, and I listened to one of your episodes, and it just reignited my passion for the profession. And I was like, I'm sorry, whole like full stop. What? <laughs> what is going on here? And like that happened once. And I was like, okay, this is really cool. And then a couple of weeks later, I'd get the exact same message. And I'm like, what? Now you gave me a great idea. I should have reached back out and been like, what was it? Right. Like, what did I say? And then also thank you for reaching out to me. Cause I know. I know it happens with my show and I know it happens with other shows. People listen, they go take action, but we as hosts might not actually ever hear how or what it was that we did and how it changed their lives too. So uh, yeah, it's such a cool experience and something like every time it happens, I'm just like, okay, this is why I do what I do.
0: Yeah, I love it. Well, and you've just highlighted a smart new idea for yourself in order to re-engage or nurture that person along your marketing funnel, so to speak, or their customer journey in terms of ensuring that you do get that feedback from your ideal client so that you know what more people want to hear. I, you know, I would be thrilled if every single podcast listener hopped in my DMs and said, Trish, do an episode on this. I ask in the OTs that get paid Facebook group, but again, I'm never quite sure exactly what's going to land or how. Actually, you know what? If we can, I want to jump into the pop quiz that I have because I have okay. some questions about OTs get paid quiz because some of it, one of those questions is in there. And then we'll jump back into like the steps for making a podcast and the resources. Okay. okay. It's kind of fun to like interrupt and have a laugh. Okay. Now, just, just for clarification,
1: is this just season one? Is this every episode so far? look Come at on. you. Come on.
0: You can tell you got A's in school.
1: It is overall. Okay. So the reason okay. that I created this
0: pop quiz is because I find anywhere in OTs get paid, especially in the 100K club, you're going to hear me talk about data. Data, data, data. We are a data-driven people and we need to have data for making decisions and knowing. So this is actually like opening up the back end of the podcast so you guys can see reach and what was popular and what I thought was going to be popular, et cetera. So we'll just play around with this first, a smidge. Okay, so it is just past the one-year anniversary of the podcast. We have well over 20,000 downloads. Sarah, my first question is, do you think the OTs Get Paid podcast has the most downloads on the day of release or over the next 30
1: days? It's a tough question because I feel like it really depends on the show and how you... And Commit, where. I know. Commit. I know. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. This is a tough <laughs> quiz. I was not ready for this. I know.
0: I hope it's not making you uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) No. no. So I am going to go with over the first 30 days because you're going to have the bulk of the people that are subscribed to your show that are going to be downloading it that first day or the people that happen to catch it that first day that are like, oh, I can't miss this one. But typically it's the people that are subscribed. And then you will start to... Build kind of that momentum over the next 30 days, and that number will continue to grow. Kind of like compound interest.
0: Yeah. Guess what? It's not. It's the first day. I am surprised how OTs consume this podcast. (laughs) It is a day of. I mean, definitely the numbers continue to grow, but the most downloads we get are on the very first day, even without putting it out on social, putting it in our email, or having like other people promote it. Yeah, it's a day of. I'm constantly shocked by that. So to me, that says, I mean, it's almost like old-fashioned appointment television, where like in 1995, you had to watch Friends at the same time. (laughs) You couldn't be out on Thursdays at eight. You had to be home to watch Friends. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am old.
1: Okay. Well, and actually kind of reflecting a little bit more as you were talking about that too, is because I think it also depends on the length that your show has been out, right? So mm-hmm. you are still kind of relatively new. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get a bulk of your downloads right in the beginning. Whereas some of the shows that have been out longer, you have more people that are going Absolutely. back into... It's more money to
0: make more interest. Yeah. However, with a year worth of data, it's still that. I'm really surprised. Yeah. I agree. Maybe in two years that data will shift just because of the amount. Very common sense. But I'm still quite surprised. Like, I wake up in the morning, especially because it gets released at, like, midnight. And I'm, you know, middle of Canada, so I'm Mountain Standard Time. And there's, like, easily 150 or 200 by the time I wake up. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Okay. What do you
1: think our most popular episode is to date? So I don't know... I'm not going to say like specific, specific of what it is, but I would actually bet it is one of your monologue episodes where you are talking about something very, very specific that your audience wants to hear. And I would think, because I know that you're all about money, gosh, it's got to be one of those where you are talking about some super specific thing and how to, and how to make money or how to be better about that. That's going to be my guess. It's over a like a guess. guess.
0: <laughs> I'm going to give you a solid 80% on that because it's true and yet it's not a solo episode. It was Marika Austin and Package racing. Really? Oh, and yeah, that's go. another example of something that I thought was definitely important to talk about in terms of that change from that trading time for money and shifting out of that. But I didn't think it was going to be huge. I mean, it's universal that people love that concept, whereas I thought that was almost like for people not just starting out, right? For people that were more in the like growth or scale phase. And so that one was also a surprise to me that it took off as it did. And rightly so. But that was just really good information from our community that that had such universal value. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a few questions based on the geography. So I'm going to list countries, and you're going to tell me if we have downloads in that country. So it's just yes or no on your end. All right. Are you having any fun with this at all? Yeah. <laughs> okay,
1: good. <laughs> <laughs> it's just hard. I don't, I don't know your stats. So I'm I don't like, know. I, I can apply no, it but to that's me. the whole point. It's like, you can't lose, right?
0: It's not like a test. It's more like, let's like have some fun with what we think is out there. Okay. List of countries where people have listened. Canada. Yes or no? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not just my... My kid or my sister. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. Good job. Latvia. Mm. No. We have. Wow. There you go. Right. I know. Portugal. Yes. No, it's the only country (laughs) in Europe we do not have. A doubt, and maybe Lichtenstein, if I'm actually
1: being really specific. Okay. See, and Portugal's a big one for me. So I was like, oh, yeah, no clearly way. you're going to have hey, it. Yeah, Por- people who live in Portugal.
0: <laughs> See, I, look at me. Now I'm using a marketing strategy to leverage your audience. If you like this. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, if you, like, if you like Sarah's, please come listen. In fact, I'm going to assume that we're going to get somebody from Portugal. So here I am. Hello to the first listener <laughs> from Portugal. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. And then okay, you can then say you obrigada. Obrigada. Yeah, I don't, I can't for the life of me speak any Portuguese. Okay. However, the next country is Portuguese speaking. Brazil. Yes. Because it's huge.
1: <laughs> and you have a huge following there? No, just because nobody listened to Portugal. So I'm guessing yes on Brazil. Nobody <laughs> listens
0: in Brazil either. And there's like a hundred billion people or something that live in Brazil. Okay. Uzbekistan.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) We are huge.
0: (laughs) We are huge in Uzbekistan. We're like David Hasselhoff is huge in Germany. We are huge in Uzbekistan. (laughs) Okay. Which country, this is the last question. Well, it's a two-parter. Which question had the most downloads in this last week? Uh, Which country? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Out of what you just listed or or any? Any. Okay. I would say the U.S. Yes, the
0: United (laughs) States.
1: Okay, now here's
0: the mystery one. If I'm going to say which market, so it can be, they actually divide it into markets, right? It's not just states. Mm -hmm. It's like actual markets. So it's not just like Philadelphia or New York. It'll say like New Jersey, Philly, New York. So which market would you guess? Like what's a top market for you? Because this one, you won't guess it and we'll laugh together.
1: (laughs) But what's a top um, market for you? Oh, well, I mean, it's the big cities, so New York, the New York exactly. area, Los Angeles, San Francisco, yeah, San Chicago Francisco Bay is huge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Last week, the most downloads came from Missoula. Hey, We're also clearly. Huge in Missoula,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually I traveled there not too long ago. Missoula, well, it really, was it's you really that cool. made it. It was all me. I was I you. listened to hundred episodes right there. <laughs> <laughs> or, or all what twenty eight? How many episodes? Oh, <laughs> I think there's like forty something. 40 okay. something. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Thank you for playing along, and welcome to the new listeners from Portugal. Okay, we are going to get into the top steps for how to start a podcast. I want people to listen here and be inspired to start one to market their OT business and now Sarah will give you some of the top steps in order to do that.
1: So I always start anytime that I'm talking to anybody that has this idea to start a podcast, maybe they've already kind of dabbled in it and they don't know what to do next. But there's two pieces and It's kind of one of those, like, chicken to the egg. Like, which one do you really focus on first? I always like to say, figure out your why. What is your why behind wanting to start a podcast? And I think this can apply kind of across the board. Yes, right now we're talking specifically about podcasting, but this can talk about entrepreneurship in general. What is your why? Why Mm -hmm. do you want to be doing what it is that you want to be doing? Because... Just like starting something as an entrepreneur, starting a podcast can be easy. Starting a good podcast is hard and it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of research. And it's not just something as simple as turning on a microphone And hitting record. There's a whole lot. And I I know you know this, Trish. Like, there's a whole lot more that goes into actually starting, launching, and then continuing a podcast. So, first and foremost, you have to figure out what is your why because it's hard. It's hard work. And you're going to hit some bumps. You're going to hit some hurdles of trying to figure out what it is. And if you are not passionate and if you are not invested in the why of why you're starting, you are going to, it's what we call pod fade. You may never start. And if you do, the average is people make it to about seven episodes and then Mm -hmm. they pod fade and they just disappear into the ether and they are done and that's it. So congratulations, Trish, you did not pod fade. Mm -hmm. You made it way past, (laughs) way past Mm -hmm. (laughs) the seven episodes. (laughs) But really figuring out that why is huge. Now, once you've figured out your why, Then you have to figure out who are you speaking to? Who is your target audience? That is then going to set the stage for everything else that you have to figure out. Who it is that you hope that you want to be listening to your podcast and who you're speaking to. Because for me, with one of my podcasts, so with OT for Life, my audience is OT practitioners and students. That's it. With another podcast that I am a part of, again, I am talking to OT practitioners and students, but the verbiage, the things that I'd be sharing if, say, I had a podcast where I was talking to parents in early intervention would be very, very different than what I would actually be conveying to OT practitioners and students. So first two things, what's your why and who is your target audience? Those are the very first things that you have to figure out before you can even get into the weeds of everything else (laughs) that I can dive into next.
0: (laughs) I want to ask you a question before you dive into those weeds. You said the difference between a podcast and a good podcast. In your opinion, what is that? Because talk about a point of view. You are actually in a way, going against a lot of the traditional advice that I hear or the common or most accessible advice that I hear, which is, it's dead easy. You just flip on a switch and you put something out. And I personally have stopped listening to those types of podcasts. So I wouldn't have thought of this question before, but tell me in your opinion, what makes a good podcast or why that flip the switch isn't as valuable in your opinion of a podcast?
1: A little effort goes a long way. Just to reiterate, an ounce of preparation can make something go from chatter to mm-hmm. professional. And especially because this is the OT's get paid podcast, we're talking I'm sure a lot of your listeners are occupational therapy practitioners or will be if they're mm-hmm. students or getting into the field. We have to represent ourselves professionally, right? Mm -hmm. We're representing our state, our area that we're coming from, our region, our country, our world, you know, globally, we are representing our profession. And I think some of the maybe bad information out there, I'll, I'll say it, the negative information out there is like, yeah, you know, just put on voice notes on your phone and hit record and talk to your best friend and talk about what you had for dinner last night. And Yeah. And then just shove it out into the podcasting space. And while some people might find that interesting, the reason that people are tuning into podcasts is to be educated on something, to learn something, to have some emotional reaction to it, to be entertained. There are specific reasons that people are going to be listening to a podcast and you as a podcast host have to fulfill those reasons based on going back to what is your why and who is your target audience. And so I think while you can just hit record and blabber to yourself about absolutely nothing and people might listen to it, in my opinion, I don't think it's going to sustain and grow at the rate of somebody who is actually putting an ounce of effort behind it in learning who their guests are, doing the research behind them. If they have a book or a blog or a podcast themselves and listening to what they've already put out, figuring out why you're bringing somebody on and not just like, that person has a big following. I'm going to bring them on. And it's like, tell me about yourself. And the guest is like, well, I'll start when I was born, you know, Mm -hmm. back in 1984. Like, no, nobody cares about that. They want to know why you're bringing that guest on and what it is that they can do for your listener, for that person that's consuming that episode in that moment. And that is the important part right there. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, you can, but I think you need to prepare. You need to have that reasoning behind what it is that you are showing up to do in that moment. Otherwise, you're just kind of be doggy paddling through it and just like, okay, good enough. All right, we'll throw that out there.
0: That's a really good reminder for all OT businesses is to have that unique value proposition. So what you know puts you as different from the Pete's Clinic down the road? What makes you different from the other podcasts? And what is the unique value proposition for every single episode that you want to be bringing to your listeners and defining it? Before we jump into the weeds, it's actually a good segue. I've personally been surprised at how many comments I get about the quality of the audio to the point where one of my clients told me, Talk about an out-of-the-blue comment. They were in a car ride. She has a two-year-old. Her daughter was fussing. They had tried like Raffi and, you know, the whatever, whatever. And finally, she's like, well, you know, my kid's crying. It's been two hours. We've got another two. I'm just going to put on Trisha's podcast. And her daughter fell asleep <laughs> listening to my voice. I was like, do you want me to read a kid's storybook for you? And you can't do anything about your actual voice. However, I really have been surprised by the comments about the quality of the audio. So maybe that's a Mm -hmm. good segue into some of the equipment that we need, because what I don't want to do is I don't, I want people to find that sweet spot. And I know I'm interrupting my own question with a comment, which is not an ideal interview move, but I, I don't want people to be intimidated by the tech. I don't want people being intimidated by the try. And yet, I always say your business is a machine. And so is this podcast. Like there's some levers that I want you to pull and some you don't have to. So for example, for this audience, I don't have to change my personality. I have to back away from the mic when I laugh because I have a really loud laugh, but I don't have to change. Like if I flub a word, nobody expects me to be, I'm professional and yet I'm still very much me in all the kind of casual, I always think of myself kind of like as this big puppy, like kind of shown up a bit hot mess. And that's not a lever I have to pull, right? And yet the lever of quality of audio, prep, those are the levers that have more meaning for them. And the why would be to educate the people out there and ideally have a few people that become my customers paying, right? So talk to me about what you've heard about audio quality while we're going through some of the nitty gritty of what people would need next.
1: I think the bottom line is, is that you don't want to lose somebody listening to your show because of your audio quality. Mm -hmm, Now mm -hmm. you don't need to go out and buy all the fancy smancy equipment and the most expensive mic Mm -hmm. and soundproof your walls Mm -hmm. and build your own podcast studio or rent out a space. Like you don't have to do that, but There are very simple things that you can do. You can get a basic mic, which is very important. Headphones is very, very important. So you can at least minimize as much kind of background noise as you possibly can. And then pillows, pillows, blankets, rugs, anything that you can do to dampen the sound. Yeah, (laughs) I'm holding up my blanket and I'm holding up my closet. This is why
0: I'm in my closet because all these clothes that I no longer wear anymore because I don't go anywhere
1: are nice soundproofing. Yeah. And I mean, I'll be honest, like I have been really excited to listen to a podcast episode because of the guest, because of the the content, the topic. And I turn it on and I'm like, I, ca- That's happened to I me can't I can't. There's there's this hum in the background. There is something and I cannot listen to it because of the audio quality. 100% agree. Yeah. And it again, it doesn't have to be spectacular, but try to, while you're recording or before you record, while you're recording, you try to minimize it as much as possible. And then all you guys do is just listen to your episode afterwards and be like, do I notice anything? If you don't notice anything, probably nobody else is going to notice anything. But if you notice some clicks that are happening or, you know, this hum that's just throughout the entire audio, that is coming from, you know, the OT lens, like that is probably going to upset some sensory components of Mm -hmm. people that can't handle that. So it's something simple that you can do. And again, it doesn't have to cost a lot. Go into your closet, sit under a blanket. I know some OT students that actually are practitioners now, they have a podcast and they used to record under a blanket. And like, that is how they did it. Did they have to spend money on a blanket? Probably not. They probably hadn't. They just threw it over themselves and it worked. So yeah, it's just a little bit of forethought to show that you're like invested in the content that you're putting out and you're not just throwing something out there and you don't really care and you're kind of willy-nilly about it. So audio quality is probably one of the most important things to pay attention to. But again, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money.
0: You have a freebie somewhere, don't you? With a lot of these, like what would be the best mic follow-up questions or what is the best headphone? Does that
1: exist still? Um, nope. I have pulled that down. I am in the process of reconfiguring it because I realized that I had a lot of really good information out there. And people kept referencing it. And I was like, oh, I had created this for actually the OT Entrepreneur Summit, the very first one in 2020. And then I realized that I was like, okay, I need to make some changes to this. And yeah, I'm going to be putting together and we'll get into it later, but I'm in the process of kind of putting together some webinars and some different things. Okay, perfect. And so I don't have that information Okay. No, it's anymore. great. So, well, this is
0: good because you want to know exactly what your audience, it's like, again, full transparency about customer journey. What do people need when they need it? And what what's going to allow people to come back to you? And what's the best way to impart this info? So... I'm glad we have that information because I know the general next question to ask you and people are thinking, well, what mic should I get? And Sarah's going to have the ability to answer that all later at the end of the episode with some of how you can get in touch with her. Okay, tell me outside of the microphone and headphones, tell me a bit more about the tech that is required for people.
1: Okay, so I kind of want to back up just a oh, little sure. bit because before I get to that, I, <laughs> I kind of came up with this whole... I I don't know, a little kind of silly thing that I, that I did, but I call it the four P's of podcasting. Mm -hmm. And that is... Everyone loves a framework. Everyone (laughs) loves an acronym. Exactly. Perfect. (laughs) And that is really the, yeah, the framework of helping you work through the steps to start a podcast. So after you figure out your why and your target audience, right, those are the two, they don't fall into (laughs) the four P's here, Mm -hmm. but then you have to come up with your plan. So within the plan, you have to come up with the format of your show, the length of your episodes, if you're going to do seasons or if it's just going to be ongoing, frequency, how often you're going to be releasing episodes. Is it going to be on a weekly basis, on the same day, same time? Is it whenever you finish an episode? whenever, right? And then also kind of encompassing in that whole plan is the overall workflow of what you're going to be doing. And (laughs) Laura Park Figueroa would be very happy with me to say this, documenting the steps that you do for your workflow. Mm -hmm. So when you, in the beginning, when you're learning things, you can reference your notes and be like, okay, wait, now how do I upload that again? How do I save? How do I do this? You can actually just go back to your workflow and your documentation and it's all right there. So, The first P is that plan part of really kind of what the show and what the episodes are going to consist of and how they're going to pretty much work together. The second P would be, and this was going to tie into your question, would be the products that you're going to use. And that would be microphone, microphone stand slash boom arm, headphones, headphones, some sort of recording device. So whether that's a computer or your phone, or if you buy a separate kind of podcast recorder, and then also the storage capacity of like how you're actually going to store your very large audio files, because they do get very big. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. And all of a sudden, it's like, you are out of space on your computer. And it's like, oh, okay, I need to figure that out too. So... To answer your specific question, the products there, those are going to be the kind of the basic ones that you really need to focus on. Again, kind of that minimum viable product right there. You don't Mm -hmm. have to be fancy smancy, Mm -mm. but mic, headphone, I'd always say get like a boom arm, you know, an inexpensive boom arm. It it just kind of lifts the microphone off the table, how you're going to record it and where you're going to record it to. And then the third P would be the actual production of the show. So you have recorded your episodes. Now what? What are you going to do with it? So how you're going to record it first, what kind of recording platform you're going to use, what kind of hosting platform you're going to use, where you're actually going to put your podcast so it can be distributed, how you're going to edit it. That's a big one. And then where is it going to actually Show up. So when we're talking about podcasting apps, is it going to be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast? I can go on and on and on about that. And then the last P would be the promotion piece. How are you going to get the word out about your show? One of the biggest things, one of my biggest tips right now, and anybody that is listening that wants to start a podcast, one of the very first things that you're going to want to do is get a website. Get a website for your podcast. It's extremely important. Don't just use the podcast host site website. You want to drive traffic to your own website. So get a website. Then you got to figure out social media. Are you going to use Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, YouTube, you name it. Any of the social media platforms, you're going to have to come up with logo, cover art, and yeah. And then also just again, how else are you going to get the word out about your show? So in a nutshell, and I know that sounds like a lot, in a nutshell, it's the four Ps of really how you get your podcast from little baby idea to full-blown in the world.
0: (laughs) I love it. And I do want to highlight
1: that whoever's
0: listening and thinking about starting a podcast, or maybe they've started and they're at the very beginning of their journey, you're not going to get it all right right away. So... For example, one of the things that I've learned because we have so much immediate consumption of the podcast, we don't actually promote the podcast Mm -hmm. typically on the same day because we don't need to. And it extends the life of the podcast. Now, I'm not suggesting there's like, I mean, there's definitely a peak and then there's a drop. Our drops are still super healthy. Like this podcast is growing like weeds. We're super thrilled. However, that's a strategy that I wouldn't have known at the beginning. And I didn't have a website until about six months ago because of exactly one of those reasons. I didn't... First of all, I was selling enough. I was, you know, selling six figures with no website with my eyes closed. And yet I didn't know how robust the podcast was going to be. I didn't know how much people were going to enjoy it. And therefore, doubling down on the Facebook group where people really want to come and have that community experience and the website for SEO traffic because of all the links that we were putting out there. Those two things made sense in that kind of next data gathering phase. And same thing with production, right? We started out very quickly, me realizing that was not my zone of genius. I have a son who did it, and then he went off to university. And so I hired somebody. I remember vividly, and maybe you still do this, but I have a vivid memory of you maybe on your IG and it was like the number of times you'd said the word um and you were circling it <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah and you know that would not be first of all that's no longer my zone of ge- well it never was my zone of genius and second of all I don't say um a lot we don't have a lot of breaks we don't need a lot of heavy editing because it tends to just flow and third my audience wouldn't really care right however I didn't know those things when I started out as well so I just want those that are listening out there to not feel like they need to knock the cover off the ball right away. You get the basic setup and then away you go. And you make, just like any business, you make changes mm-hmm. based on the data that you're getting.
1: And that's perfectly fine. And, and I agree with what you said, Trish. Like I learned things and I've now been podcasting for going on three and a half years now. I didn't know all this in the beginning. These are all things that I've picked up and I've made changes. I have changed the format of my show. I have changed the frequency that I am releasing episodes specifically in the last couple of months. I have not been as active and consistent as I was a year ago. I have changed the microphone that I've used. I started with a very simple, basic, dare I say, crappy mic. And if you go back and you listen to within the first 10 episodes, you're going to notice a difference between that Mm -hmm. mic that was $20 and now the mic that I use today that was closer to like $80 to $100. I've made changes once I realized this isn't working. Mm -hmm. And once I'm like, I'm still enjoying this process and I'm going to continue to do this, I can invest in it because it's important. Mm -hmm. So I say, you know, my, my last little rant that I went on about the four Ps and everything that is included there is more just to kind of plant the seed of mm-hmm. like, this is some, this isn't even everything. This is some of what goes into starting a podcast and continuing a podcast and growing a podcast. But you don't have to do all of this right off the bat, but it's not as easy, again, as like what I've said, it's not as easy as just hitting record. Like there are these things mm-hmm. that you should start thinking about doesn't mean you have to think about them all right in the beginning. And it doesn't mean that you start one way and, and you can't change. It's a journey. It's a process. We learn as we go. You might start one way and be talking to one audience and then realize that that is actually not who you're talking to. And that's not who's showing up. And you pivot, right? And that that's just the beauty of being a podcaster, being an entrepreneur, and you figure it out. So don't, don't be scared about what I said. It, it, it's all figure outable. <laughs>
0: I love it. Okay. I have one last question before we start to wrap things up. Do you make any money because we're the OTs get paid people from your
1: podcast? Yes. The short answer yeah. is yes. So, the biggest way that I make money from my podcast, or I should say from my podcasts, because uh, I am mm-hmm. a host of one and then a co host of two others. Is, and this just ties in because I love talking about podcasting. Is that I offer consulting services for people that are wanting to start or wanting to grow their podcast. And it's actually pretty funny because I wasn't expecting this to happen. But because I love the field of occupational therapy so much, and because I love podcasting so much, and I would say maybe two years ago, there still weren't a lot of OT podcasts out there. Now, there's a whole lot more. And there there are some that I'm finding out about kind of every day. But when I started, or at least when I had the idea to start my podcast, there were about three to five active OT podcasts. Now, you know what? I don't have actually a clear number on it, but I would say there's probably more than 50. Uh, I don't know if there's 100, but I'd say it's actually much, much higher at this current moment when we're actually recording this. So really what kind of ended up happening is that I had friends that wanted to start a podcast and I basically was just like, let's talk, let's set up a zoom meeting. Let's talk because I want to get you off on the right foot. I want to give you some of these things to think about, take out the middleman, take out the research that you have to do. I've already done it for you. And of course, one of the big kind of the big spearhead that happened here is that I was Talking to one of my friends that had started a podcast. And of course, I was like, no, you don't have to pay me. You don't have to pay me. And she was like, no, I'm paying you for this. And then that was like a light bulb moment in my head that I'm like, wait a second. (laughs) I do know a lot about podcasting and I can actually charge for this service. And so the funny part about this whole story is that that day, I think I posted about it on my Instagram and I was just like, hey, like I had a great podcast consult with so and so. If anybody else is interested, let me know. And I literally just like threw it out there. I was mm-hmm. like, I, I, I'm i not even Accidental sure what I'm doing at this moment. <laughs> <Yes>. Accidental entrepreneur. <laughs> I threw it out there. And within like a couple hours, I had like five people reach out to me. And oh. you were one of them. <laughs> you were like, oh my gosh, this is what I need right now. And I'm like, okay. I wasn't planning on it. And now it's something that I absolutely love. I love helping people brainstorm their podcast, whether they want to start a podcast, whether they've started, but they're struggling with some hurdles or they don't know where to go next or just anything. Kind of troubleshoot the tech side of it, the interview side of it, anything at all. I love talking all things podcasting. So yeah, that is the main way that I am making money with my podcast right now.
0: So Sarah pivoted and created a new offer around her podcast, and that is really smart. Other people that are listening might want a more traditional route of, you know, using this podcast to attract, to nurture and engage in that marketing funnel and then sell. And that can also be done. The ROI, the return on the investment, is somewhat trickier to track because there's so many more numbers and you can't just electronically tag every single person that comes in. However, I mean, if you want more info on this, we go into more info on the 100K Club about really tracking that ROI from sales and marketing. However, I will say to you, keep that in mind. It's not just money out. I want you to think about how you can track. If people have said, oh, yes, I listen to the podcast and then they become one of your clients, that's important information for, you know, the, it's not just like no interest, although that's huge. I want Mm -hmm. people to say, am I going to be making money? Because, you know, I spend hundreds of dollars. It's a line item in my budget on this podcast. And what is that return on the investment going to be? Okay. So Sarah, I was happy to pay you. I don't even remember what I paid you because that just shows you it was all worth it. If I don't remember the number, it's not like hanging over my head going, oh my gosh, I can't believe I paid Sarah X. And you. 100% were responsible for getting this podcast off on the right foot and helping me feel confident in making some decisions. And I am so grateful to you. You are closing out. You are the last episode in our February celebration, and I couldn't have done it without you. And I'm just so very grateful that you're here to celebrate. So as we are wrapping up, I'd love for you to tell people more specifics about how they can get in touch with you and what you might have coming up that could help our listeners.
1: Yeah, well, as much as I love the first time we recorded, Trish, like I'm actually happy to be here now because I think <laughs> the that this, works. Yep. <laughs> right? Yep. I think we had to have that first episode because I had to know where you were at that moment, right? Well, that's a good point. When we first chatted about just the consulting and getting going and then recording with you. But now, you know, we've kind of come full circle. It's been a year. And to watch the progression from a podcast consultant and Mm -hmm. how you've integrated some of the things that we've talked about and how you've changed and how you've pivoted and how things have just adapted with your show throughout this past year and beyond, right? Because you were planning and getting ready for it even before that point. It's really cool to be here now. And again, I was just sharing some of the stuff that I was excited to talk about and the stuff that I enjoy learning and to see how it has affected your podcast and your business and basically your role as an entrepreneur in many, many facets, I'm sure. So this is quite the honor to be here. And I just want to start with that first. thank you. But yeah, I mean, basically, if anybody wants to get in contact with me, you can go to my website, otforlife.com. That is O-T, the number four, L-Y-F-E. And it's super cheesy. And I always have to say it because people ask me all the time, why is life spelled with a Y? And it's because occupational therapy is the Y of life. So you can find me on my website contact information there. You can find me on all my socials. You can listen to the podcast. Just just go to my website. That's the easiest place there. And I'm in the process of setting up some podcasting 101 information, webinars, courses, that type of stuff that is going to be coming in the next couple months. So I will share a link that we can put in the show notes. So if anybody wants to sign up and get on the waiting list for when that's actually going to happen, It will all be in the show notes, and just go directly to that link. And I am excited if you are listening and you have wanted to start a podcast, or maybe you listened and now you want to start a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm hoping there's a few of those. That's right, sparked an interest. (laughs) I would be honored to help you on your journey. So, yeah, that's wonderful. Well, thank you again, Sarah, for all you do for the profession. It's been great to have you on today. Thank you. This was a lot of fun, and like I've said a bazillion times, I love talking about OT and podcasting. So this just brings me so much joy. Thanks, Sarah.
0: This has been OT's Get Paid, recorded live in Studio C. That's Studio Closet. I'm Trish Williams. If you have feedback on today's episode, send us a DM on IG at OT's Get Paid, or join our Facebook group at OT's Get Paid. We would really love to hear from you. We'd also love it if you could subscribe and write a review for the podcast. Each month, I'll pick a random review for a shout out to get your name and business on the air. Until next time.